Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up 2 o'clock on this. Monday in Phoenix, John Gambadoro, and I'm dusting off Kevin McCabe. That's right, to do a show with me today. We're down at the D-Back Spring Training Facility. The game's going on right now. D-Back's in the Cubs, and I'm welcoming back an old friend. An old friend, Kevin yes. McCabe. Man, I'm so excited to have you come do the show with me today, I my friend. So- I mean, you know, we grew up in a, a lot. A lot of a lot of us grew up in this business for a long time together. I was here in '97 uh, doing it. When did you first start working for Fo- Fox Sports Arizona? Uh, well, that was 2003. 2003. I started Fox 10 in 1990. Fox 10, then went yeah. to Fox Sports Arizona. And now, wait, wait, I can do. I want to say, yeah, I was so excited about doing this. Straight up, I wanted to. I wanted, you wanted to, to do it. Huh? Then I want to say, Gamble, what is up? I wa- <laughs> I mean, I've been practicing all weekend for this thing. That's that's what I say. Birdsey, what's going on? There you go. That's, I know. Uh, you could have done that role. but uh, No, I have to say this. I'm, I'm yeah. stealing your show for the first couple of minutes here because we did. We were competitors, and you were really cutting edge. You were a guy who went out there and chased the stories. You continue to do that, and you're one of the few. And I, I, I respect that so much. But it was back in the TV days when people actually watched TV. LaCava and I were chasing stories, so we went head-to-head. And it was a fierce competition, and now I always have so much respect for you because you continue to do it. You 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 establish yourself. You become the Kevin Durant. You're now on the Rushmore, but but the fact that you still work the, the sauces, you still work your sauces. I don't, no, no, I don't know any other way. But, no. Uh, no, but it's it, and it's it's so nice to be in this city, this great city that I've grown up in and spent 60 years. And I'm actually, by the way, I'm actually from Brooklyn. Are you really? I was born in Bensonhurst, Borough Park. Dad worked at Coney Island, was a lifeguard. Oh so you and I God. are brothers for life. Wow, look at and that. now here look we are, Peaches and Herb. We're reunited in the field. But, but uh, you've taken such good care of my city um, all these years. It was a great competition. Now I, I, the fact that I get to ride your coattails for four huh. hours, I ride it on Saturday mornings with a little high school show. i got to stick around until your son you know, becomes a big star high school people. Huh. This is what I do. So well, thank you for I, having I, me. I'm excited. I'm excited. I told my boss, I go, let's get Kevin McKinney. Came to do a show. He goes. He could do a show. I'm like, yeah, of course he can. I mean, the dean. I mean, come on. He's one of the best out there. And of course, I love having former lumber jokes on the show. Oh, stop. Anytime I can get uh, a lumber joke on the show, I'm all for it. Best available lumber joke. No, exactly. it was funny because because the executive producer said McCabe can do a show. I said he thought I was just a high school guy. That's all I did. That's was what like, he thought you were. He thought I, I was like Urkel. He's calling me. Our new I've guy, got... Sean. He, I mean, he's, he has only been here for like a little bit over a year. And <laughs> get Urkel. You know, I'm like, listen, Kevin McCabe. I'm telling you, he'll be like Jamal Crawford. Coming off the bench, knocking down thirty in a game. I mean, he'll be he'll be fantastic. So uh, I'm yeah. glad to have you. It's good to work I'm, with you, Gamble. Glad really, to have you. Really we got a, we, we, what a beautiful setting here. Does it get any better than this? Spring no. training baseball no. in Arizona may be second to nothing that goes on. This is incredible. I love this atmosphere. Everybody out here just watching a ball game right now. This is always my. And I always say this, and I, you know, nothing against the other sports. No. Baseball's my favorite. It's always been my favorite. It will for, for, for the day I die, I'll be my favorite sport. I love being out here watching a little D-back baseball with you, my friend. It's a good day. It's beautiful. I mean, they're playing the Cubs. It's a, a great crowd on a Monday. And I, I agree with you. Spring training baseball, mm. when you have that access, you've got guys grinding, trying to make the team. Great atmosphere. It's sunny out here. You're close. You know, you can sit right down here for a couple of bucks. And I, no, I am great. right with yeah. you, brother. I am right with you. All right, let's uh, waste no time. Let's get right <laughs> into our top story of the day. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. 
Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. He puts it up, missed it. Rebound taken by Lopez, and that'll do it. Unless they blew the whistle before the buzzer. No, they say that is it. The final score. Bucks win 104-101 here at Pfizer Forum. Milwaukee extends this NBA's longest win streak of the season to 14. Big win for the Bucks over the Suns. No Giannis, no Kevin Durant in this game. But you did have a lot of the big players. You had Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. You had Lopez. I mean, it was a, a fantastic game to watch. You know me. i got to write everything down. i got to write all that. So you right got there, people at home. People at home. Every single this guy, right Gamble, John Gamble, I've been hearing for years. He's got the handy-dandy notebook. Right there. Dating back to Blue's Clues. He's got the dope. And, and uh, then uh, it is right here. And I've got And I've actually... I, I've actually advanced to the to the laptop. I've, you got I've, the laptop I've, now. Just yeah. Some notes, but there is the hand. You're, you're yeah. out here, Spring Trade. You got the. Uh, there it is, right this there. Is you know, it's, it's the way I kind of remember Old everything. <laughs> and but what a fantastic game! You know, it gets it it, was. it's tied at a hundred. Book has that turnaround over Drew Holiday, and then you know Monty's playing the substitution game. He brings in a Koji and Craig for defense, uh, and then Lopez gets his great pass from Chris Middleton. He scores. Twenty four seconds left. The Bucks are up by two. Book drives and then loses the ball. Drew Holiday just sneaks his hand yeah. right in there. Wasn't a foul. I looked at it two, three times. Just snuck his hand like right in there. Knocked the ball away. Turnover by Book. And then Ingles hits a free throw. Ball goes off of Ross. They challenged it. And it was Milwaukee's ball. But then even with that, Drew only hits one free throw. It's a four-point game. Book gets fouled on a three-pointer. Yeah. It's up and he's getting fouled. If it goes in, you can tie it. But it doesn't go in. And obviously he hits the first. Uh, or hit, misses the first. Hits the second. Misses the other one on purpose. But boy, I don't know if this is going to be a preview of the NBA Finals or not, but man, what a great basketball game that was yesterday between the Suns and the Bucks. Yeah, in a regular season game this late in the season, Gamble, you have to love the theater that it is. And and, and is Milwaukee now on that list of te- hated teams here in Arizona? You know, you had, you had San Antonio all those years. that Beat LA, beat LA. And now Milwaukee, because they beat the Suns in the Finals a couple of years ago. Now they're the, the, the hated Milwaukee. But they still Old Lou Alcindor mm-hmm. 80 years ago. They could have changed our, our lives. That could have. The, 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 the coin toss? The coin toss. Jerry Colangelo the coin toss. Man. Uh, but what, it was, you know what? It was great theater for a late game in the year like this. But like you said, Gambo, there was no Giannis. Uh, he's still you know, back and forth nursing. He played one game after the All-Star break. And no Kevin Durant. And what the difference will that make when they do get to the postseason? And will they meet each other in the final? Will they even yeah. get there? There's so many other teams. Yeah, I've got to think that there's a good chance. i got to think that Milwaukee and Boston are going to battle it out. I think the Suns are the favorite in the West. We'll see what these other teams... There's some teams at the bottom that are scary. You know, the Lakers, yeah. if they get healthy. You know, the Warriors with their championship pedigree that have the ability to knock somebody off as a, as a, a, a later seed. But I think that the Suns are better than the Nuggets now. Although Jokic, man, another oh. triple-double last night. He's just playing he out of his mind. He's going to get the closed. MVP again. Yes, and he's, you know what? He's going to get it again. But if he's in foul trouble, and if he's struggling, or if he has an off game, do they have the weapons to clean up? So, you see uh, the Clippers, you see what they're doing. They've got everybody healthy Yeah, they're now. dangerous. They're, they're dangerous. dangerous. Uh, yep. You said Golden State. They've now, you know, they were down 15 last night, came back and won the game. Uh, you're talking about the West is just being a, a nightmare to get through those first three rounds, but we got to wait and see what happens here with Kevin Durant. And I have my own feelings about this. I re- really do what Kevin Durant, and the things my concerns with this, is I'll allude to during the next, i got to spend four hours with Gamble. How about that? Boy. It'll go fast, my friend. 
It'll go fast. I know. We have so much to talk about. There's just and so I'm much to talk to about. Booker, I'm watching that shot, and I'm thinking, we just saw this you know, this mm. half-court miracle shot the day before. I don't want to get off pace here with ASU and U of A. And he, oh, he, nearly, that, he yeah. nearly hits the three, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, okay, okay. But, uh, again, it's a great regular season game. It's on the road. It's the first game on the road trip. So, uh, And you got to see Jay Crowder, you know, play football. Oh. And he hits two quarter threes in a row. I know, six back In a row, back to back quarter threes, Jay Crowder. He hits one off of, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, to make it 96 94. He hit another one, you know, right before that to make it 94 9. Wide open. Both of them were wide open quarter threes. Like, oh, it was just, uh, it was just terrible. It was uh, to see Jay. Big fourth quarter shots by Jay Crowder. And then you look at Milwaukee. 19 and 4 against the West. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I listen, you know the East, it's more physical brand of basketball. I, I, I still think, even with the addition of Durant, that either Milwaukee or Boston should be the yes, favorite to win yeah. it all. Yeah. You're I right. think that they should. I mean, Philly they play together. Philly, you know, just... I'd be surprised, but I still think that Milwaukee and Boston, the physicality in the Eastern yeah. Conference, that'll be a factor right there. Milwaukee, you know, 19 and 4 against the Western Conference. They Now, this wasn't a pretty basketball game. One point, they combined them as 17 straight. <laughs> shots. The Bucks missed seven. The Suns missed ten. Nobody could buy a basket to open the second quarter. I mean, they just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, and nobody could score. And then eventually a basket went in, and they, they got going a little bit. So it was a kind of a sloppy game. It wasn't a great play game, but the Milwaukee Bucks were able to come through in those final few minutes with the plays that they needed to make. Well, I talked about Milwaukee now being on that list of the, the, the arch rivals now, the Phoenix Suns. Where does Jay Crowder now fit into this? Because here is this guy, and it was a bad divorce. I mean, it was a messy divorce. Yeah. It was. And, it was. And there's yep. no. I mean, there's two sides to this divorce. But he's the bad guy. He's no longer a son. And and I actually have some thoughts and feelings about him. I don't think he helped them in the finals a couple of years ago. So I, uh, he now does he add to does he add he become the big shot Bob Ori? Does he become uh, the Kobe? Look. Does he become that kind of hated rival player? Now he's playing for the enemy, and he left here in a bad on a bad situation. I'm sure the Suns would love to not have Jay Crowder on Milwaukee just for the simple <laughs> exactly. chance that. They could end up playing exactly. him in the finals. Exactly. But, but the Nets insisted because they knew that they were going to be able to turn that into a bunch of picks, like five second round yeah. picks. So the Nets insisted. The Suns didn't want to give Jay Crowder to the Nets. They're like, take Dario. You know, because what did they get for Dario? Like, so they would have rather gave somebody else and traded Jay separately where he didn't end up with the Net, with, uh, with Milwaukee. But the Nets quickly turned Jay Crowder in that trade into a bunch of, uh, the Nets turned it into a bunch of picks by trading him to Milwaukee. So we'll see. I think, listen, Jay knows them. And he knows he, how to play book. To- you, you can see at the end of the game, yes, yes. Book wanted to go right, and Jay said, no, you're going to go left, and Book missed the shot. And did that fuel him to – look at who he's playing against. Did he have something to prove Of yesterday? course. I mean, he's of up – He's if Book steps over half court, and he's up He's up on him. He's yeah. up on him and bodying him. He knows him. He knows yes, He knows he these does. guys. It's an advantage for Milwaukee just because Jay Crowder is so familiar with playing this team. All right. Everything I said on Friday about ASU, scratch that. <laughs> Time to give the Devils their due. We'll talk about that next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So the final 2.9 seconds inbounded to Des Cambridge. Launches from backcourt. Oh! He made it! He made it! Oh! He made it! Cambridge knocks down a three from backcourt, and the Sun Devils have won it! The Sun Devils have won it on a desperation three pointer from Des Cambridge! 
I didn't even want to look at my Twitter account. So I listen. I saw a couple of you out there, but I kind of I, I knew it was coming. It's okay. I knew it was coming. Like I I gotta take the I gotta take the medicine now. What did I say on Friday, Mitch? That ASU has absolutely no chance. Nobody wins in McHale. You can't win in McHale. They've had forty nine game winning streaks, twenty three game winning streaks. You can't go there and win, right? Isn't that what I said? Yeah. You knocked me down before I had a chance to get back up is basically what happened. Yeah, I basically said that there's no chance. ASU's not going to go to McHale and win a basketball game. And when U of A was up by 10, by 10, I, you know, so they're up by 10. Listen to this. You're going to love this. So they're up by 10, and I'm watching the game, and we got to go. We got to go. Bernsey's kid's getting married. So we got to go. We got to go to the wedding. I'm like, okay, we get in the car, and I put the game on the radio, and chip, 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 chip away. May ASU's right there. And then, you know, in the, you know, your Lars, Pella Larson scores. Okay, it's fine. Uh, and then Balo gets fouled if the ASU misses. I'm like, okay, game's over, right? Now, Bolo's got Balo's got to hit two free throws, and the game's over. Yeah. Hits two free throws, the game's over. He misses the first one. And I'm sitting in myself, and I'm thinking, okay, just miss the second one. They've got no timeouts left. There's 3.9 seconds. You miss the second one, they can't get, they can't even get a shell up. They just heave the ball up from under the basket. But I think this is the worst coaching decision Tommy Lloyd has ever made in his life. I don't know if he told the kid to miss the shot or not, but you can't make that second free throw throw and allow ASU to inbound the ball. They had no timeout, so they couldn't advance it. But you can't make the second free throw. They're going to shoot a three. So so being up by two doesn't matter. Being up by one and two is the same thing. It doesn't matter. They're not going to get the, uh, the ball down under the basket. You know, They're going to throw up a, a, a desperation shot. But by making the free throw, it allowed ASU to, to, to set that play up where the kid was able to launch that three-pointer. It went in. Look, tremendous win for ASU. They were down 10. They hung around. They hung around. They battled. I thought they played a fantastic game. There were so many lead changes. It was back and forth and back and forth. And they needed that because now you can make an argument that with that win, they deserve to get into the tournament. Now, they still got to play USC and UCLA. And if they lose both of those games, that may knock them back out again. I saw one bracketology that had them in in a play-in tournament. But that win, like, you, they had to. If they, if they lose to Arizona, USC, and UCLA, like, they're done. If they lose two out of the three, they might be done. They still may need to win another game, but what a tremendous basketball game. I can't believe they went, they went to McHale and won that game. Well, I loved it that uh, Tommy Lloyd's assistant coach comes walking by him. He goes, why didn't you tell him just to miss it? And and everybody's, it's caught on camera. You see the voice. Okay. Trans- and, and, and I was listening to the radio at that point. And so I'm watching it on TV. They've replayed it. It's been out there on social media. But uh, and, and I always have to preface this too, because I, I agreed with you on, on, on Friday. I was 100% in your corner. I married a Wildcat, so I have to feel that way, part of it. But I also thought that ASU, uh, that late in the season I thought the U of A would get a big lead and they'd just say okay, we're done. And they never did. As you just said, they never did. They got down double digits, or 10 points. They got down a couple of times by six late and they just kept coming back. Um, these two Cambridge kids, are, you know, they there's just something special about what they were able to accomplish on the road to McHale. Now, I give Tommy Lloyd first off a ton of credit. I give him unbelievable. He's done a great job. Well, and he started his 50 year seniors a couple of kids who never saw the yeah, and floor. the first kid came. The, first, the one kid made a basket. Nick played Maines out of his from Pinnacle High School. He was, oh my play, God, he was playing great. He started the game. He scored a basket. He, he, he got a steal. Yeah. He got a steal and a basket. Like, oh, was, uh, I was very happy for the kid. And, I, you know, and then they pull him out. And uh, the game goes as it was. And I, But I, I give Tommy Lloyd a bunch of 
credit, but I agree with you that he was challenged late in the end. This was just a bad coaching decision. But also, it took a Hail Mary. A McHale Mary is what they're calling it. McHale Mary to, to bomb that shot in. I mean, what are the odds? What are the chances? But nonetheless, one of the biggest victories for ASU since maybe Allen Fieldhouse when they beat Kansas on the road, it's, it's arguably their biggest win in Tucson since Mario Bennett. Back in 1995, they won a double overtime. Mario which, Bennett, which, drafted by the Phoenix Suns. Which, oh, by the way, Campbell, mm. I did the play-by-play for that game on Raycom. Oh, my God. When they, when they beat U of A yeah. with Mario, so, Mario Bennett? I run into Bill Frieder and oh. you know, Keegan's on, on Camelback. Hey, McCabe, remember that game in Tucson? Yeah. Was, you know, so... Uh, Listen, it, it's amazing that he, like, he, like, he came in, he thought he was the, he was the, he thought he was the man when he got to the Suns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you had to learn like, how to play in the yeah, NBA. Right. But some great history, some great theater, but as you said, they've got to, they've got to beat USC. They've got to beat USC. Their last two games on the road, USC, UCLA, and then they've got to perform well in the Pac-12 Pac tournament. They can't just they win. They've got to win one out of two. I think yeah. if they lose to USC and UCLA, I think it knocks them back out. Yeah. Now, Arizona, what, now, they may have been knocked down to a three seed. We'll see. I think some people still have them as a two, but they've got five losses, like, you know, five, like five of their losses, and they may end up finishing third in fact, you what helps you obey is all the big wins that they have. They have five really great wins, including a win against Tennessee. So they've got some, and they beat UCLA. So they've got some really good wins. I think U of A could still get a two seed, but I think if they like if they split, they might get if they split in California, they may get knocked down to a three. If they if they beat UCLA and USC, they're definitely a two. Definitely a and two. And has this lit a fire under them to win? I mean, this was a game where you, this is a hiccup. This is a speed bump. Where he's, and a lot of teams talk about this. You go to the tournament. Do you need to lose a game like this where you say, whoa, whoa, we can't cruise. We can't put it in cruise control. We've got to play every possession. And, and with ASU, you know, now look at those VCU Michigan wins earlier this year. They look so much better. Michigan's not that good. And, the, but the ASU. The San Francisco loss really hurt them, I think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That was an anomaly, though. And you have to wonder about that. But ASU, 9-3 and three in two possessions games this year and 33 and 16 over the last four seasons. I, Bobby Hurley, the masterful job that he's done. This is a coach who's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat, but he took together a whole new roster, a whole new lineup with with transfer portal, brings them in here, and he molds these guys into a winning bat. You know, they, obviously they, they struggled midway through the season. But here's a team that, wow, the, what, the masterful job that he's done. Yeah. Now, he has not built it from scratch with a lot of recruits brought in Duke Brennan, but here's a guy who's did an amazing job with four of his five starters not even on the roster last year. Listen, here's the thing, and and I don't know that they can do better than Bobby Hurley. Oh, I don't either. And, and that's so, the thing. Yeah. Like I, I listen, Frieder no. when they hired Frieder and Frieder had some success. He beat Luda yep. few t- few times. Yep. And he had the, a Sweet 16 team, right? Yes. Yeah. Frieda was a terrific coach, but they've really struggled ever since then. You know, they've struggled with. with well, Frieder let the inmates run the asylum a little bit. Things things got a little loose, and that was Frieds. And, and that's and, the way and, the coach and he'll admit it. He'll yeah. admit it. He'll yeah. admit it. And they brought in Rob Evans, who really kind of cleaned it up, got this thing back where it was, and then a but lot it was still, of years, it wasn't great. It was okay. But it, then, it was, a, well, it was it was a mess when he got it. You know, they had the point shaving situation. They had to clean all that up, and then you bring in Herb Sendek, and I just think that set this program back a lot of years where they were just meh. We they used were, to call them Herb Sendak. Just they, send them back. They send were back just to mediocre. They were mediocre, and yeah. now I think they're, they're, they're the most important thing you can be is relevant. They became relevant once again on Saturday afternoon. You beat your rival. You beat them on the road. You beat them on the front page of ESPN. Absolutely. You know, like, you know, so, such a big win for them. So that's off of I don't know that you could do better than Bobby. Like, okay, huh. if you decide you want to fire Bobby if you don't make the tour. Now, I think that win, you know, 
may, and I don't think that a win like that should determine whether. I think you should know whether you want to keep Bobby Hurley yeah, as your yeah, coach yeah, yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't come down to one game at the end of the season. Do you want? Do you think the guy's your coach or not? But four so, years without going to the tournament—that's that, that, where you've got to say, listen, they let everybody in the tournament. They, you know, the, the, the only team that hasn't been in the tournament is the NAU. I serve. <laughs> okay, uh, and my uh, guy Shane Burkhart was just I, I mean, just not getting it done. But but I remember when I played St. John's NAU. Yeah, in, but in the NCAA they, tournament. But they. Uh, you know, I'm talking about ASU that, that, you know, they just haven't been there. They let everybody in. You've got to perform well in your conference. You've got to win that and or compete there, and they just haven't. They, they had a good, yeah. nice offseason. But if you go 500 in your conference, you don't belong in the NCAA tournament. No, and for U of A, listen, I, I, I really I love U of A basketball. I mean, yeah, I know people I hate too. that, but I do love U of A basketball. Too. I grew up with them. I mean, it's the one premier sport that we have here. Like, they're, they're premier. They're yeah. blue blood. They're yeah. national championship. They lost another. They played another national championship. Championship and when they lost to Duke, Final Fours, yeah, Final Fours, the elite, the Sweet Sixteens, the Elite Eights, the amount of kids they put in the pros, yeah. like it is a great, great basketball program. I don't like, and I was talking with Casey Jacobson about this, you know, last year, Coloco. Benedict Matherin, Terry, like they were better last year. They had a better team last year. Last year's team probably could have won the whole thing. This year's team, I love Tabellis and Valo, and Carissa, you know, he's a tough son of a gun, and Hendrickson has done a good job for them. I don't think that they can win at all. I don't think that team can win at all. I don't think they all. go deep enough. That's their problem. I don't it's, know if they go deep enough. And now, maybe you don't need to. Maybe you only got to play eight guys in the tournament. But you're right. With Coloco, he was just such a great specimen defensively. He's a great player. And now, but I don't know. With Balo and, and uh, Tabellus. Tabellus going two-headed as, as centers. And Tabellus is just so good around the basket. So skilled. So skilled around the He's an NBA player now. And and, and Omar Balo is going to get a shot at the, the NBA. The NBA doesn't like Tabellus because he's stubby-armed. Well, he's, he's got stubby arms. He's not... He's, <laughs> I talk to scouts and, and, and GMs about this all the time, like you know, because I like him. But he's a very skilled player, very skilled, but he's not athletic. He's, he's not, not an athletic a lot of shots kid. Blocked around the basket unless just, he protects he's protected. He's body. stubby arm. You know, he's not he's not long, so and he's not the most athletic kid. But he's a very skilled player. I like him. But like they like they can be they could get beat in the first round. They could. And I'm not convinced Kirk Crease is the answer either. As much as I I think he's fiery. He's, he's I think he's tough. he's tough. I really do. I think he's a great defender. But sometimes uh, I think he becomes selfish with the three, and when he's not hitting it, then they're in trouble. As, if if Ramey's hitting the three, yes. they're okay. Because Ramey, you know, he can, re- even in a game against Stanford, the one they lost on the road, they, see, U of A always gets everybody's best shot. Oh, sure they do. Because yeah, they're the sure blue they blood. Do. They get everybody's best shot. And that's what Stanford, they got late in the year. Stanford, Stanford beat them. Ramey hit like eight threes in that game, and Stanford beat them. But great win for ASU. Great win. Uh, I'll, I'll take it on the chin for all the things I said about it. ASU absolutely having no chance to go down to Tucson and win at McHale because it's very hard to win at McHale. It's very, very difficult to do. It's a great home court advantage. All right, still a lot to come on the program. We're going to talk with Elliot Friedman, too, of TSN. Get ready for our Coyotes with the trade deadline coming up. So we've got that uh, to happen, and I expect we're going to get some Diamondback guests as well. But a couple of big-name players that are coming up in the NFL draft. Some of them are not going to participate in the combine, one particular <laughs> that the Arizona Cardinals have their eye on. We'll talk about that next right here on Arizona of sports, the local sports leader. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. 
right, our Twitter poll, sponsored by the great people at Sanderson Ford. They're on 51st Avenue in Glendale. Sanderson Lincoln, if you're looking for a Lincoln Navigator, just east of the I-17 on Bell Road in the Scottsdale Boutique Store in the Scottsdale Quarters, you can go there as well. All right, I think they they were talking about the poll question B, how do you rate the performance of Kevin McCabe so far? A, B, C, or D, I think was going to be the poll question. What do you give Kevin McCabe? You know, first time doing a full show like this in, a, in what, 15 years or something? Maybe, like maybe longer. Maybe I longer. did a little three-minute television mm. sportscast. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is, you know, you got you to bring it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Eric, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards a B-plus right now. B-plus? I think he's doing a good job. Well, actually, A, a is in the lead. I'm just kidding. We're a is in the lead. Look at that. There you go. The first A I ever got in school. A you, you know? Be careful. Gambo might start looking at your test if you start bringing home A's. Anyway, Joe Lenardi has ASU at the 69th best team in college basketball. That is outside of the top 68 that make it into March Madness. But for you guys, did ASU's win over Arizona on Saturday secure them a spot in the NCAA tournament? You got three options. That one is right there, Gambo. That is yes. Option number two is no. They just need another win. They need more wins. Or option number three is no, they're already out of it. They don't have a shot. If they, I think it does come down to the final two yep. games. Yep. I think if they lose to USC and UCLA, they'll be out. I think if they win one of the two, they'll be in. So how would I vote there then? You would vote to the middle one. No, they need more wins. Okay, then no, they need more wins. And they I'm need with one you. more win. I'm with you. I think they need one more win. But then I also think they need to play well in the Pac-12 tournament. They can't go there. Can't go there and lose the first and game. And throw up all of themselves and then get a good Well, because then a, they're gone. Could get, a, could get the four seed and a bye. Right, they yes. could get a buy in yes. the first round. They could, but that would t- would take, I think, winning both their last two games. So, okay. uh, and UCLA tough on the road, but they they listen. What does this do for their confidence right now? What does this do for this team? Sky Come high. back that the bus ride back. You saw Bobby Hurlett forks up. All, so we'll see. We'll see what happens here. All right, what do we got so far? This one is a blowout. Sixty-four point seven percent say no, but they're yeah. just a win or two away. Yeah. They're so yeah. close. Twenty-seven point one percent are saying yes. Only eight point two percent say they have no shot. All right. That is your poll question. You can vote on that. And, and what, what grade do you give Kevin McCabe so far filling in an A, a B, a C, or a D? You can do that on the personal no Gambo page. There's no F? There's no F. I mean, we don't fail anybody out here. We, we don't fail anybody. All right. Appreciate that, Eric. We'll check back in a little bit. All right. Let's, let's talk a little NFL football. Now... The Arizona Cardinals are in a great spot, right? They're in a great spot. Picking third overall, the thought that they could trade the pick or they could keep the pick and get one of the best players in the draft. I'm not sure what direction they're going to go, but I think the Chicago Bears, it was reported by Adam Schefter today that they're willing to trade the number one pick. Right. So if the Bears didn't trade the number one pick and they decided we're going to stick with our quarterback, they might have drafted one of those two defensive players, Carter or Anderson. Okay, so only one of them may have been available for the Cardinals at three. If they're willing to trade that pick to a team that is going to draft the quarterback, it may very well mean that the Cardinals will have their choice of whichever player they like more between Carter and Anderson at yes. number three. But Which are you sold it, on both of them, though? Are you sold, I, I don't or are know. you trading I mean, down? It are depends. You, don't I, they need more Band-Aids than, than they two? They do. They need okay. a lot of Band-Aids. All right. All right. I didn't mean to jump you, but I, no, no, you're good. You're good. I love both those guys, but, but I saw Andre Wadsworth. I saw Andre Wadsworth. Get hurt. And I saw him. The, oh, this is the future. and just you know. So Wasn't you, he the third pick in the draft? Yes. Yes. So I see that. You know, I see a Simeon Rice. I see what they did in 
Clement had passed on Adrian Peterson. Simeon was great for them. Simeon was great. He was great for them. He was great, and they went on and won, won a Super Bowl. But what I'm saying is, then they pass on Adrian Peterson because they wanted to fill some needs in offensive line. Do you go ahead? Is a need defensive line, defensive pass rushers? That you know, I love Zach Allen. I think Zach Allen is going to be JJ Watt. I think he learned from this cat. He knows how to use his feet and hips. I think they've got that that guy who can. I, I think they can shore up some of that in the free agency in the free agent market. But I just, I, you know, when you have a third pick, you can't miss. You can't miss. You nope. cannot. And they have so many times that. Um, so uh, to your point, to your question, I. I'm okay with trading down a yes. few, but I, I have a, like a I don't want to go past a certain amount. Okay. Now my feeling with, with with trading down is if you could still trade down, but you're able to get the best offensive lineman or yep. the best cornerback. Yes. yes, exactly. But if you trade too far down and now you're taking the third best cornerback or the third best offensive lineman because now you're at 14. Like I don't want to go there. I think if they could trade down to a position that still allows them to get the best player available at another position that they need, guard, tackle, cornerback, okay, I could live with that. And you get a bunch of other picks. But if not, I mean, if you could only, like, if you if you, if you you could move down to seven, yes. if you could move okay, down to there you eight, Because I just feel like I'm you're okay, putting but, so many eggs in the basket with those two defensive linemen that you, you know, there's so much pressure on that guy to be the guy. And we saw that with Isaiah Simmons. We saw that with Zayvon Collins. It takes you a couple of years to get acclimated to the National Football League to learn the system, to learn the speed that's every play. I mean, you can tear up guys at Tulsa every day, but you come to the NFL, everybody's better than Tulsa. And same thing with Isaiah Simmons. Where is he going to be? What's he going to be? And then I, I also ask you this, Gamble, because I, I was torn on this, and I'm really uncertain about it. With DeAndre Hopkins, what do you do? Trade him. Well, you, I, but okay, let me ask you this then. Okay. If, if it was Larry Fitzgerald and not DeAndre Hopkins, do you hang on to him? How old is Larry Fitzgerald? Well, this kid is only, what, 28 years old? Is that how old is Hopkins he? is 30. 30. 31. Well, we hung on. We. we like I'm part of the he's, Cardinals. He's over 30. Okay. But with but you have a superstar player. You have a superstar. I just don't believe you ever give up, give away game-changing superstar players. Are you ready to win right now? Uh, no, but you have. You, but you got you got to compete. And you may win. You may surprise the people if you can stock that offensive line, defensive line. Murray's, Murray may be out for how many games? Four, and, five, six? Well, they're, 30? They're, He's okay. 30 years old. 30 years old. But 30 years old, no. big contract. But you got Robbie Anderson. you got Hollywood Brown. Who, they're, 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 they're meh. They're just, they're just at. So you got nothing. And the NFL is now driven by quarterbacks. And you got Colt McCoy who can step in and do a nice job. You know, you got the, the ball kid who could probably is your third quarterback. I think they'll get somebody in free agency. Okay. A Jacoby Brissett or somebody like that. But you've got to have play. somebody to make some plays. You got nobody making plays for you. You got James Conner. You got nobody okay, but, making right, plays. Right, right. But you, but, but, but you had, okay, but what, what did you do with all the guys when you had making plays? So they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. They traded for Hollywood Brown. They traded for Zach Ertz. They signed James Conner. They drafted Rondale Moore. They drafted Keontae Ingram. They put so much. They drafted McBride. And they all got hurt. But they, they put twenty guys they hurt. They put at the end all of the year. their stock into skill position players. And what did they oh, do? No, on the I offensive agree. Line? No, I agree with you there. They had they, nothing on the offensive line. None. And they have made that big mistake. I mean, they have just ignored the offensive and defensive lines in the right. draft for so, the past twenty years. So, past twenty years. So build the lines, and then when you're good, go get the skill position players. But I think you can you, always get them. You need you to can build your lines, your offensive line through free agency. You need to find those guys who put in a few years in the league who understand how to move and how to how to defend in the National Football League. 
Those guys coming out of college, they don't know. Great. So use the cap space you get by trading Hopkins because you'll create a lot of cap space right. to go get an offensive lineman. But then you got nobody making plays for you. You got no. I'm okay with that. I don't have a quarterback for the first six weeks. Colt McCoy's hurt too. Okay. Well, <laughs> Kyla's hurt. Colt McCoy's hurt. I would rather take it on the chin at skill. I still got Zach Ertz. I got McBride. I got Hollywood Brown. Well, and the, I got and James like Connor. I got Ingram. And Williams. You got you know. And Max, so I have enough guys to be able. I I, I have guys. I could draft a oh, I could draft a wide receiver in the middle of the round that I like and hopefully hit on him instead of missing on him. Like the year <laughs> they, they drafted, drafted three wide, wide receivers in one four. year and none of them worked. <laughs> All right, let me know what you think about this. All right. Jalen Carter is not going to participate in the NFL combine. Whatever. It's the new world that we live in. You're talking about two. He's not going to work out at all. You're talking about, you know, two guys who get off my lawn, get off my my rocks in my front yard, because the the world has changed. And now these kids aren't playing in bowl games. You know, they don't want to get hurt. They're not performing at the combine where this used to be the measuring stick. This used to be the goal mine. Our good friend Rob Fredrickson, that's where he shined. He's, he still has one of the fastest shuttle times and went to a first-round pick. You're looking at Adam Archuleta, went to the combine and blew up, became a first-round pick. But you're talking about that way. It's I think for a guy like Carter, you could probably only hurt yourself. Yeah, well, you're getting drafted in the top three no matter what. What do you got to hide? What do you have to hide? But I, okay, I, 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 see I understand point. what you're saying. I agree with you. I, I agree. I, I think they should go participate. But I'm saying the reason they don't is because there's, there's nothing gonna to knock gain. Them down. They're going to knock them down. You're talking about Archuleta. You're talking about Archuleta and Fredrickson, who blew. They they helped themselves. Yeah. Now, if you're, you know, there are guys that hurt themselves at the combine too. Guys that are second round picks that become third. Guys that are third that become fifth. But if you're projected to be a top five pick in the draft, the kind of feeling is you really can't do anything to help yourself. Do you do a pro day then? Is They're going to do a pro day. But why? Do you're doing day. the same thing because you, could set, because you could you could you could dictate the terms of the pro day. Yeah, you, you could dictate the the place. You could dictate the atmosphere. You could dic- dictate inside, outside. You could dictate whatever you want to dictate. You stay in your you stay in home. You don't have to travel anywhere. You don't have to sleep in a hotel. You sleep in your own bed. Like you could dictate how it goes. And guess what? You don't get to dictate anything in the National Football League. So why are you? Why, so what? I want you on the stage. I want to see how you shine when the lights are brightest. And I've seen your tape. I've seen when you played big in big games. Let's go to Indianapolis. Right. Let's see you in shorts and t-shirts. Okay. Let's so see. you're the GM of the Cardinals. He doesn't work out at the combine. You're gonna take him off your draft board? No, but uh, I, I, that's why. Because the answer is no. No, it's not. But I also somebody may blow up in the in the in, at the combine that looked great on tape, and all of a sudden I see them there, and they, they all of a sudden they run a four four, and I go, you know what? I want this guy because I know he wants it more. I want this guy. He's not. A, there's no. Does it mean that he doesn't want it more? Or I don't is know. It if just there's a business a, decision. Well, when it when because sometimes it's a business decision, and I get that. Don't play in a bowl game because it's a business decision. It's a business I decision. Keep, I get hurt, but I also see that you. I want some guy who wants to be there. Some it's, guy who wants to play. Listen, some, me, listen, me and you are more of the old timer. I get it. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Will Anderson, Will Anderson, yes, is going to participate in some of the work on the field. Now, if he does participate, the linebacker group is going to go Thursday. If he participates and kicks some ass, maybe he, he could jump Carter yep. by one spot. But that doesn't mean Carter's going to fall. But, and these aren't said; these are mock drafts that have been done by guys who sit and watch and done their studies. And and, and, and and how much do we believe in those mock drafts? I mean, how much are they right on? How much if somebody maybe moves up and trades with Chicago and really jeopardizes this whole draft? So that's I, as much as we like like to think we know how many 
many teams, how many games we've seen all these years of these guys. I, I'm not sure the mock drafts tell us, paint us a picture. Coyotes trade deadline talk. We're going to be joined by Elliot Freeman of TSN next, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, NHL trade deadline is upon us, and I'm real happy to be joined by our next guest. Does an outstanding job covering the NHL from Sportsnet, their NHL insider, Elliot Friedman. Elliot Gambo, Kevin McCabe, how are you today, my friend? Well, I'm looking out my window right now, Gambo, and it's snowing here in Toronto, and I can only imagine what it's like in Arizona. So I'd say I'm not doing as well as you are. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, this is going to hurt. I'm at a spring training baseball game. It's sunny. It's, uh, there's not a cloud in the sky. It's 70 degrees. I've got a short sleeve shirt on. Uh, yeah, that, I'm sure that hurts. Hey, Elliot, it's Kevin McCabe. i I, I got to get you here before we get into this trade talk and stuff, because you, sure. made, you brought me to tears back, I think it was in November. November, uh, a weird Arizona kid growing up here playing hockey in the desert. I, I was a stick boy for the Roadrunners, uh, but my okay. favorite my favorite player was Boris Salming. I wore a Yofa hel- mm-hmm. helmet because of that. And you wrote uh, mm-hmm. the 30s You Thoughts, one of the greatest pieces, and uh, t- the tribute that you can do for somebody like that. You know, legends of the game. I'm an old guy, so I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. I just I had to jump in before we even talk trade talks and say, way to go, man. That that was mm-hmm. solid, solid stuff. Thanks very much, Kevin. I, I grew up a big Boreas Salming fan, too, here in Toronto. So yeah. that was an emotional night, incredible night. Very kind of you to say. I appreciate well, that, it. Then I watched yeah. Win- Winnipeg with Schoberg and, and Nilsson and Hedberg and loved those cats. But I, I know it's not about me and not about the old school. It's about the Coyotes and where they're going and what what yeah. the heck well, are you they doing? Well, you are with two guys here that have actually laced up the skates and played <laughs> hockey in the desert. So we both played and you know for many, many years. But uh, let's get into it. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with the Coyotes you know, over the over the years, and especially recently, let's talk about Jacob Chikrin. My understanding is yep. that there's eight teams that are interested in trading for him. I do think that Bill Armstrong will be able to get two first round picks. I think the tie up really may come down to some of these teams are going to want the Coyotes to take back salary. The Coyotes mm-hmm. are unlikely to want to take back salary. What do you see happening with Chikrin right now? Well, I, I think your instincts are mostly correct. Uh, I, I, I think that, look, I, I think if you look at the return for some of these deals that have happened in the past couple of days, my confidence is growing that they will be able to do something. Like some of these trade returns in terms of just pieces have been much larger than we expected. So I think that is a good omen for Chikrin and the Coyotes. I also think, and you guys are closer to this situation than I am, but I also get the sense that neither the Coyotes nor Chikrin want this to continue. This is not no. good for anybody. Nope. We need this to end. And I think there is a motivation on both player and team that finally this can be over. I, I don't think it benefits anyone for this to continue past Friday at 1 o'clock your time. No. So that always helps, too. I think the that biggest- you know, you, you, if you look at the draft compensation that they got when they got Gostas Bear, when they got Ladd from the Islanders, mm-hmm. when they from for Hasser, for Little, for for all the play, you know, when you see uh, Pronger and and that soy, they la- they want to retain that ability next year to be able to take on a contract and get draft compensation. So I think that's why they might be reluctant to take back another salary in a move for Chikrin. 
Well, I think that might be true, but I also do think just the overall uncertainty of the organization is a huge part of it, too. Like until we have this vote and we know what the answer is, I think the Coyotes are going to be very careful about taking on any money. I, I think it's, they've admitted that their budgets are going to be tight, and I think that's a big part of it. I think there's, I think there's at least two trades here that have been either held up or couldn't happen because of money that, was, that the teams needed to send to the Coyotes on future contracts, and they were just unwilling to do it. So that's an issue. Now, the one thing I, I do think is that I think the actions of the past couple of days by some of these teams have added more teams to it. I think Los Angeles is there, obviously, yep. but they've got a limit. They won't go past uh, what they've already done, at least for now. They've got a limit, and that's been consistent with the Kings and some other deals they've tried to do as well. I think Washington and Pittsburgh are newly around it, I, but I think those teams don't have a lot of draft and young player capital. And what I think they're weighing is, does it make sense to throw what they have, almost all of what they have in for one player? I think St. Louis has been around it before. I think they're in it again. But I think the Blues need to make a move on their blue line potentially first. I've always wondered about Winnipeg. They're a very quiet team. Uh, I think they've been around Chikrin. They make a lot of sense to me. And you know I've been pushing Columbus. I don't think that would make Chikrin very happy. I don't think it's preferred destination. But I think they are in it for sure and would like to do it. And there's there's always more I'm not aware of. Like, I, I'm not convinced Toronto is in it. I think Ottawa still believes the price is too high. And the one team that's really interesting is Edmonton. Yep. I think there's some in there who want to do it, but I think there's some in there who don't. I think they have some real mixed opinions there. We're talking with Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet to NHL Insider. 32 Thoughts, uh, the podcast. And, uh, Elliot, uh, I'm going to watch the Hawks tomorrow night with Jake McCabe so I can see McCabe mm-hmm. on the back of a jersey. That's, you know, even with the old uh, the, the Maple Leafs. He got traded today. He's gone. Oh, this, wait a minute. You're not going to see him tomorrow. What the hell? Okay. You just screw. You, just... <laughs> you know, that's what you get when you're out of a spring training game. All right. So, but you uh, talk. Hey, I understand. I totally get. Believe me, I miss spring training and covering it when I used to do baseball. <laughs> so I wouldn't be att- paying attention to anything else either. I thought for sure that this was that, that there might be an opportunity. I don't know what that does for chicken. I'll get you an old McCabe Islander jersey. There we go. What and, and Edmonton seems like the right deal, but they just don't. They just don't want to part uh, part with any major pieces or any any of their future. Uh, but wouldn't that make the most sense? I think I think there's a there's a segment of the fan base in Edmonton that really wants them badly. Yeah, yeah. I, I do I do feel that way, but I I don't think it's I just think there's I just think there's an, a, a feeling on the player that I think there are some people in the organization who really like the player, and I think there's some people in the organization who don't. And right now, that has not been a majority opinion either way. So, I mean, look, do I think that there's a chance like? somebody's mind could change there sure but as we talk on monday afternoon i don't believe that's the case it was two hours ago by the way jake that McCabe, just happened. Yeah, you we worked here, you probably here, worked yeah. that deal you're talking so to mccabe and you're taking him to toronto <laughs> let, let me let me ask you about two other players gostas bear has you know he's got a big cap hit hasn't been yeah. playing well but he is a good guy on the power play so could yeah. they get anything for gostas bear and the other one is nick Bustad. i mean he's done a nice job for them 
him. I mean, he could be a, you know, a good third line center for a team. He's had a very good year for the Yotes. Do you see interest in either one of those two players? I do. I, I know there has been interest in both players. You see, I think I think John, the biggest issue for defenseman right now is there's a lot of them. Um, you know, the forwards, the, the star forwards in this league came off the board pretty quick. And I know that teams that were looking for the best forwards, like Toronto, they looked at what was going on around them and they said, we better make this move quick. So the forwards were gone fast. A lot of the D, there's still, there's still a, um, a surplus of defensemen out there, especially rentals. And I think teams feel that they can squeeze the sellers. Like Chikrin is a little different because he's got term, but the players like Gosses Bear that don't have term, I think the buyers are trying to squeeze the sellers and see who panics. Right. I, I definitely think there's interest in Gosses Bear, but he's one of a bunch of guys that I think teams are twa- trying to squeeze. I'll the, ask you- the thing with the thing with Bjorkstad, I'd say, is I think the Oilers were interested at one point. He's had a really good year. The only issue I've heard about him is, you know, last year in the playoffs, Minnesota didn't use him. Right. So I think some teams were a little concerned about that, but he's definitely had a good season, no question. All right, I want to squeeze one more in before we have to let you go. Nick Schmaltz, a good player, yeah. but just the, the way that previous ownership did that contract because they had no money, they backloaded all of it. So he's a tough yes. guy to move because of the money that's coming to him these next few years. We're talking seven, seven and a half, eight million dollars. He's a good player at four million, but I, I just think that his contract makes it very very difficult for the Yotes to trade him. You agree? I uh, I don't know that I agree. I I think that there's interest in him. Like the, like I've heard Carolina. Then someone said, "No, don't say Carolina." And someone again <laughs> to me today said Carolina. So I don't know what to make of it. At this time of year, you hear a lot of craziness. Look, I I think it comes down: Are the Coyotes willing to retain any money? I think that would be a factor. I think there are teams that like Schmaltz, the player. So I don't think it's impossible, but I think it. I think it's. I think it's a challenge, no question. I think you guys have a couple guys like that. Like, I know there are teams out there that really like Lawson Krauss. Yeah. Now, how do they feel about the contract? I'm not sure, but I know there's teams out there that like him. And I know, I'm pretty sure there's teams out there that like Christian Fisher. Now, he's a big part of what you guys do. Yes. Would you be as willing to do that? I'm not convinced. But I think for some of those players who have a bit of term, I think there's interest, but it comes down to what the Coyotes are willing to do, or are they willing to move those players? Elliot, it was a pr- pleasure. Really enjoyed yeah. the uh, talk. I'll let you get back to the snow out there while we enjoy the 70-degree <laughs> weather in spring training baseball. But thanks so much for spending a little time talking Coyotes hockey with us. We appreciate it. Oh, you bastards just rubbing it in my face. <laughs> enjoy the weather, guys. Take we'll take care. a picture and send it to him. All right, Elliot, Elliot, thanks so much. That's Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet. The NHL Insider does a fantastic job just trying to break down the trade deadline coming up for the Yotes. Still a lot to come on the program. Is DeAndre Ayton? the key to the Suns winning a championship? We'll explain next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.